Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. We are uh, talking about vulnerability again today. We talked about it last week with being vulnerable with others and what gets in the way. And this week we're talking about uh, being vulnerable with God and what can get in the way. And so if you didn't listen to the first uh, podcast or the first show, you could go back and listen to it. But real quickly, guys, what's some of the things that can get in the way of being vulnerable with God? Andy, do you have something? Yeah, I think probably the first one would be pride. Mm-hmm. Pride and fear, I think, are the biggest two yeah. uh, to me. Yeah, anyone else? I just had the... The, the trifecta, the me, myself, and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, always, we, the three of us, always kind of yeah. seem to trip over something and get in the way. The tripping trinity uh-huh. is what we yeah, call the it. Tripping trinity. There yeah, you go. Yeah, you get those going. It's a classic triple threat. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, anyone else? Jim, you got a song? <laughs> Funny thing you ask. <laughs> when when uh, Rodney kicked off our being vulnerable. Yeah. He did. Uh, in the podcast, well, the show. Show. That's yeah. it. That's the word I'm looking for. I still can't find my words. It reminded me of a Rich Mullins line in a song that always gets me teary because it's me. It's, uh, I'll fight you for something I don't really want rather than take what you give that I need. Mm and when he was talking about his dad i remember i love flying because my dad loved flying and he would have the wheel and i would be in my mind as a young kid flying and then later he let me do things that weren't dangerous doing it never got a pilot's license because i know how bad i am at uh, attention to detail and that's kind <laughs> of important in that line but but it really took me there and I I love my time with God, and I did have a good day with God today. And I love doing that, so why don't I pursue it? Mm-hmm. And it is. It's primarily out of the, the fear that I'm going to be asked to do something I really don't want to do. Yeah, there's that fear. There's there's the uh, relinquishing control. That's the pride part, I think, yeah. more so. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it really kind of plays yeah, out. I know, better, I know, illusion, I know better than that. The illusion of control. We yeah. don't have it. No, no, no. We recognize that. Absolutely. Today. We're deceived in that, no doubt about it. But we definitely, it is pride that I know how to handle my life. But if I let go, who knows where I'll end up. Yeah. Sam, you're always talking about going to Africa. Yeah, so that'd be know. on a mission trip to Africa. <laughs> yeah, we think we have control. And God does allow us the the ability to make really bad decisions <laughs> he doesn't stop us no. you know and so we do have some level of control in the midst of it but you know it's that whole something letting like go Jonah or somebody yeah, like that yeah, you know? he, yeah. the fish story <laughs> well i've got an example that i'll share this was quite a few years ago 
But I had been going through a, a pretty bad time, and I made myself vulnerable, and, and God convinced me that I needed to confess before the entire congregation what I needed prayers and forgiveness for. And I remember standing up and saying something along the lines of that my name is not Jimmy Carter, but I'm guilty of lust. Mm-hmm. Well, when when you've been a part of a congregation for as many years as we had at that point and, and still do, uh, now coming up on you know like 45 years there, but you got to get rid of your pride, mm-hmm. and uh, it you know I had to, but it was something that I felt like that God wanted me to do, rather than just get down on my knees in the room at home and say God you know forgive me of my lust, because I felt like by doing it the way I did, that I might influence other people that had a need that could be met. But uh, being vulnerable uh, can put you in a bind. You can. You <laughs> can, and it, it will, but God's got that plan all kind of worked out. You know, the other couple things I was thinking of that we talked about in the earlier show, and we'll move on from mm-hmm. there, is agreements that we make with the enemy, mm-hmm. you know, specifically about ourselves or about God, mm-hmm. you know, can get in the way. And then just our, our upbringing of what our view of God was. Mm-hmm. You know, can get in the way of having that vulnerability if, if yeah. there's not a trust relationship or not a relationship that's really there. Right. You can go to church for a lot of years and not have a relationship you, with God. If you were never vulnerable with your parents, how are you going to do that with God unless, you know, he breaks through? And Yeah. So, Andy, you have the first clip. It's uh, from uh, the TV show The Chosen. The Chosen, season two, episode one. I just watched it not too long ago, and when this topic came up, I was like, okay, I know the perfect scene for, for what I see vulnerability as. Now, I we were talking earlier, vulnerability to me, you know, it can be a variety of things. It can be vulnerability for past wounds or deep sins, or it can be current things that you're dealing with, whether it be sins or whether it be God's calling you to do something and step out in faith like he had people to do in the Bible, and we just don't want to do that. You know, whether it's sharing our faith, whether it's becoming involved in a particular ministry, whatever it is, you know, a lot of times we resist those things. And to talk to God about them, God doesn't sit there and want us to just say, okay, I'm going to reluctantly go and do it, and our heart's really not in it. He would rather us voice our concerns or whatever about what's going on. So since I – sorry, I got off course there, but I was just sharing sharing my heart of the way I saw vulnerability. But in this particular instance, this is uh, – like I said, it's from the chosen. It's Jesus and his interaction with the Samaritans. He was – could have went around Samaria, but he chose to pass through. And the, the the scene before this is actually his interaction with the lady at the the woman at the well. And this is a particular Samaritan that he goes to eat supper with. And it, the backstory is his disciples had, had blessed this man by sowing his field, cleaning it out, got it all prepared. But he goes and he wants to eat dinner with this guy, and they start talking about this man's story, and I don't want to give it all away. We'll talk about it on the other side of, of the in-depth, you know, part of the clip. Speaking of broken bones, what's the story? Uh, I fell off a horse. I didn't see a pasture. Yet, uh, it wasn't mine. Ah, a friend's horse. That's always dangerous. No, not, not exactly. 
listen to stories. Our stories connect us. Tell me your story. We ran out of money. And food. My little Rebecca, I could see her ribs through her skin. And Hedwa, her eyes turned gray. There had been a drought, so there was no work in town. I had a friend in Tiratana who was also in bad straits. We traveled south past the frame and lied in wait along the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. We attacked a Jew who was traveling along. Pulled him down from his horse, took all his money and all his clothes. He fought back, so Dishon knocked him down, hit his head on a rock. I thought he was probably dead. Dishon was to take the Jews' belongings and sell them to bond traders in Anathoth. I was to ride north and sell the horse at a Roman outpost. <laughs> but I wasn't on for ten minutes when she reared up through me, broke my leg. I had to I had to crawl on my elbows and forearms to the nearest town and beg for a ride back to Sikar. Worse off than before. So now you know what you've done. The kind of man you've helped. Every day I think about that Jew. Naked and alone on the road. Possibly dead. I could be a murderer. He didn't die. Somebody came along and helped him. How do you know? Melek, I know. I promise you, he did not die. <laughs> so, what you have is this is a Samaritan, and you know, you got your Jews mixed in, and they go and eat with this family and the Jews are all you can see them on, on the on the movie you can see just kind of how they are pulling back just from the Samaritan well this Samaritan actually you know he needed money and he he just explained he was vulnerable with Jesus and basically explained his crime now you can see in the dialogue how Jesus kind of pulled that out of his story and that's how God does with us a lot of times when it's hard for us to be honest with him he will be gracious and try to pull the story out of us but as it goes on basically Jesus tells him that you know what all that the you know the man that you thought that you killed you know he lived you know he was taken care of and I think it kind of plays off the good Samaritan story on that but the end of it is is Jesus was gracious in this man's vulnerability and what's really cool you don't see this but in the in the next scene you see the get the guy that was you know, basically confessed and explained the situation, he wakes up healed the next day. And then you see a, a shot of Jesus smiling. And, you know, that's just the way Jesus does it. I mean, we're vulnerable. We're open to him. He comes in and blesses our lives, and then we re- are healed from whatever, you know, we are uh, experiencing, that wound or that sin. Yeah, I think that, you know, especially as you're dealing with wounds, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's the way God operates. And I do like the at the beginning of that clip, the almost playfulness of Jesus acting like mm-hmm. he doesn't know. Right, right. Right, I mean, he knows the story, but he's like, yes. oh, I didn't see a pasture. Yes, right. You know, or whatever it is, right? right. And so, you know, I like that playfulness, right. you know, that mm-hmm. he kind of draws that story out as you're talking about. I think that there, there's also times that we were vulnerable with him, and we never ever know the outcome. Right, that's true. Right, yep. or we don't know the outcome yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but he still calls us to that vulnerability, that vulnerability, yeah. and that obedience to share, and then you know, we're to leave the results up to him. Yeah, I mean, there's situations. You know, if you have kids, they're going to make decisions that you don't necessarily like for them. You don't think they're great decisions for them. Yep, they make them. Uh, a lot of times, there's not anything you can do. Right. You know, and, and I found myself many times in those situations, just saying, you know, Jesus, I need help here. I don't know how to handle this. Right. I don't know what to do or what not to do. 
just give me some direction. Give me some insight mm-hmm. on, on what to do, and, and he'll be gracious and, and help you along the way. I don't know the outcome of those situations yep. yet. They're still playing out, but yet, you know, it still gives me trust when I can be vulnerable with him, and, and he responds to me. Yep. I think that's the key, too. When we talk about vulnerability, really it's God's desire for us to be honest with him, and it's no different than him calling out to Adam in the garden. You know, he wanted Adam to admit that he was naked and he was afraid. He was like, he had, Adam had to come to that terms of, of what his state was before, and, and be honest with God to tell him about it for God to be able to do anything for him. Right. As long as we got that barrier between right. us and God, we can't get to the healing. We can't get to what's there. You know, Robbie, I know you said this a couple of shows ago, but, you know, the, the definition of intimacy, right? right? That's really what we're talking about here is that's what God desires is, is this. Into me, see. Right. Right. Just look as deep as, as you can find. And when you do, I love the thing I love about that clip, and, and the listeners that haven't seen the series wouldn't necessarily know, the guy's limping around really bad, and he's crippled, but he's crippled more than just physically crippled right he he's crippled in that you, you you can see in the way he speaks that he feels his phenomenal guilt um that's just absolutely unbelievable a- and yet you know to get back to the early part i don't know that if he'd checked his gauges that he realized you know if he you know his check engine light was flashing at him you know because he's just trying to get through life and he's going to brave through another day with his with his cripple well you know, I think about my own struggles, like if you'd have known me maybe eight years ago, it was 2014, so, um, you know, I had a lot of struggles in my life. Sam at a meeting, it, you know, after hours, after, <laughs> after. after after hours, you know, became vulnerable talking about a struggle he was having with forgiving his father, actually, and he was talking about how he was interacting with his inner little Sam. And as he described this very vulnerable situation and how he had gotten this counseling, it gave me hope because he was vulnerable. It set off this opportunity for me to be vulnerable. And so as I listened to Sam, I was like, man, could this help me with the thing that I feel worst about in my life, which is at that point in time, my addiction to pornography. And so the very next morning, I'm like, God, you know, here we are, and you know and I know <laughs> this, is, this is something I just can't beat. I, you know, is there something in my story, like Sam's story, is there a little Robbie story in there that I need to know about that you can and, – and just like your clip, Andy, there, there was a story. And so Jesus was, yeah, Robbie, you got a story, so let's – you know, and I took four or five that came through my mind of, of, you know, shenanigans that had gone on with me sexually when I was younger. And he helped me pick out the, you know, it was like ding, 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 that's the one. And it was, you know, it was something that happened with a family member, like so many people's stories is. And, and essentially, you know, just to make a very long story short, I got my innocence taken away. And God wanted to give me back my innocence card. Mm-hmm. So I was vulnerable with God. In doing so, I got my innocence card, which gave me forgiveness. And I, like that cripple man, didn't have the guilt anymore, but I was still walking around with a limp because 
I, I was crippled to really share this with my family, which is where it really needed to be shared. In other words, it's one thing to admit your sins one to another, but actually to the person you're sinning against, you know, that's a, that's a biggie. And so it just coincidentally, there was a couple's <laughs> retreat that was coming up like two weeks later. <laughs> and if you could imagine this scene, like, Tammy had been very specific with me, if, you know, when she ever saw, like, we went to see Fireproof, and as we're coming away from Fireproof, if I ever found out that you looked at anything like that, you know, I would divorce you in a second, you know, so I knew right then I was real safe to, you know, share all my secrets. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, man, and so here we go on this couple's retreat, and they have, of all things, never even heard of it before. You know, the last day they're like, okay, we want to do a double covenant, not cone, but covenant of silence, okay? And this is you and your, and your spouse. And in this double covenant of silence that Darren and Sam had dreamed up, we want you to share something with your spouse that you've never been able to share. <laughs> oh... You know, I, I, there's no, there's no explaining the difference between into me see, okay, to where you've actually received forgiveness from the person. In other words, this, that guy felt bad because he'd killed the Samaritan while the Samaritan was sitting in front of me, <laughs> right? And, and, and you're getting, that kind of into me see as a result of because as, as we talked about when you're vulnerable with god he's going to take you he wants to get a complete healing in other words he doesn't want you just to get rid of the guilt he wants you to get rid of the cane and and jump for joy and all those kind of things well you know clearly it was a long healing process before anybody jumped for any joy however you know like oh my goodness what a gift um, as a result of, you know, being originally vulnerable with God, which only, again, would have happened, would not have happened had, had Sam not been, you know, vulnerable with us. Thank you, Ravi. I, I had a thing today. Um, wasn't really thinking about the show, to be honest. I, I can't remember what happened. Um, quick backstory, Eli's car broke down and was in the shop and so he's been driving my old pickup truck uh, which is great it's a 1975 pickup so it's one of those big old ones you know he's been driving it and the other day he said dad can you listen to this and i was listening to the car and i'm like oh yeah that's a water pump you know it's going to go out at some point you know i said you know we're, you should get your car back in the next couple of days just try to take it easy on the truck you know well the next day he calls me and uh you know the belts are broken and i think the water pump probably seized is what happened and and uh so we went and got the car and got it home well i was thinking about something i'm going to fast forward to something else I'm, I'm thinking about someone and i don't remember who the person was honestly and i was thinking about them not being initiated right and so i was thinking i was thinking, well they've never been initiated in this and he's like well who initiated you i'm like well, yeah good point and then it got to this to a, a car thing and i said uh yeah, he's never been initiated in that, God. And he's like, well, who initiated you in that? And it brought me back to a memory that I've shared at boot camp of being so angry. When I was young, my first car, the water pump went out. And I had no idea how to change it. My dad had had a stroke at that point. There was no way he could help me. 
my friend's dad was trying to tell me how to do it over the oh. phone, you know, which I didn't even know what the nut was he was wanting me to look for. You know, I'd, it's right next to the alternator. I'm like, well, okay, what's that look like, right? And so, you know, I had all these things. Well, when God said, who's initiated you in that? I thought, you know, I've got the truck at home. I didn't take it to the shop. I didn't want to take it to the shop. I thought, well, maybe I'll get a mobile mechanic. Maybe I'll do something else. And then I just said, no, I'm just going to fix it. I have Eli. He doesn't know it yet. So if he listens to the show, he'll find out. But <laughs> I'm just going to, one of the weekends I have him, I'm just going to have a water pump there. I'm going to have the, the, the belts and we're going to fix it. And if we can't fix it, what's the worst that can happen? I get somebody to help me fix it, right? But it's like, you know, God, God's still saying, I still want to help initiate you, yeah. you know, in your vulnerability and allow you to help initiate your son. You know, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to the project. Now, I'll probably not be looking as forward to it when you have a 1975 Chevy and the bolts have kind of rusted. You know, it's going to be kind of tough to get those off. But it, it was part of the, I was thinking of someone else in vulnerability, and God kept bringing it back to me. And it was such a good thing, and it was such a good thing for my heart. So, okay, maybe there's redemption from something of when I was, you know, 17 years old, which is the same age Eli is right now. And yeah, you're we, vulnerable before the whole audience too, right? Yeah, and that's so true. That's true. You're gonna have to give an update in a few months. Yeah, uh, it'll be a little while. It'll probably be <laughs> it'll probably be a month before I can get to it. But it's the pickup. It just sets outside sure. anyway. I want to go ahead and get to another clip. Um, actually, yeah, we have time for it. Um, this is from Evan Almighty, and in this clip, what's happened before this? Evan's wife uh, has prayed, asking for the family to become closer. And so she's really vulnerable with God, and then all of a sudden her husband decides he's supposed to build an ark, and if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, I'm ruining some of it, but she gets really frustrated and fed up and kind of leaves him, and she stops at this restaurant where she has an encounter with the waiter who asks, also happens to be God, and I want you to listen to how it plays out. Oh, excuse me, can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Thank you. Excuse me, are you all right? Yeah. No. It's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband? Have you heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Noah and the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in pairs. Mm -hmm. They stood by each other, side by side, just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Well, I gotta run. A lot of people to serve. Enjoy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great perspective that sometimes those things we don't understand that happen, God's got a use for those, right? The rest of the story with me in the car, it, it, it's actually much deeper than that. I 
the only thing I've ever done on a car in the last 30 years is changed the brake pads in the rotor, mm-hmm. you know, because I learned how to do that. But anything other than that, I took it to somebody because I was fearful. To be quite honest, That's I was me, afraid yeah. that I would not know what to do and there would be nobody there to help me. Right. And so God had heard that. And I said that to him in ways of, I hate this feeling this way, God. Mm-hmm. You know, I can work on houses. I can work with my hands. I've learned how to do that over the years. This is just a different type of project. Why am I so mm-hmm. scared? And so I look at this as an opportunity in the truck. It may not come out okay, but that's all right too. You know, because God will bring somebody in to father me and show me how to do it. Right. But it gives me an opportunity to redeem something that once I thought was lost. Right, and I'll gain some strength back in being having been vulnerable is what the goal is and what I hope to do. And and so I'm really kind of excited about that project because it's been a lot of years and a lot of agreements in the making, if that makes any sense. Okay, now we're quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go ahead. Wait, now wait. we uh, no. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Chip, Dale, come on, one of you guys. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about. <laughs> The uh, not sure why, but when my second marriage went down, you know, I've got a parents that are still married, they've been married 50 some years, and it was going back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make this work, mm-hmm. and I found myself living at my grandmother's house with many broken relationships, two failed marriages, and doesn't take long to figure out that your pickers broke. Mm-hmm. And I found myself down by my bedside one night, and I said, Lord, my prayer is if Mrs. Wright has passed me by, make me okay with that. And if she hasn't, you're going to have to make it so obvious that even this idiot can get it. And that was my my heartfelt prayer was, and short time later I met. That's pretty vulnerable there. Yeah, and (laughs) yeah, so – Short time later, I met Michelle, my wife, who December will have been married 19 years. You could add the other two marriages of mine and hers together and not get 19 years. So it worked out for the best, but just not knowing. So. Yeah, and, and, and letting God lead. You know, that's part of it. You know, I think that being vulnerable is just saying, God, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Right? I don't know how to fix my sin. I can't can't be strong enough on my own. I need you. I can't, I don't know how to handle this situation with my kids. I don't know how to handle this situation with my spouse or at work or with finances, fill in the blank, but to be vulnerable to him and say, and I don't even know how it's going to work out, but I trust that you're going to walk with me through it and we're going to get through it together and we're going to find some healthy place on the other side, whatever that looks like. Go to our website, masculinejourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp, November 18th through 21st. This is the Truth Network.